Join me as I read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And, and, and this is Paul's story. Uh, you probably heard the idea, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. This is Paul's story. This is Paul's synopsis of everything that has happened throughout all the ages in relation to our relationship with God. How, uh, who were we? How did God find us? Who initiated this whole story? Uh, it begins here, and, and Paul summarizes it in some very interesting concepts. But listen to and for the word of the Lord from Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. It starts like a good old story. Once, and that's about it, you were dead. <laughs> okay. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit that work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God, if that's Paul's narrative, then Paul has a solution. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. We, uh, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. The word of the Lord. Interesting narrative in, in, in the ancient literature, and it comes to us today as, as I tried to introduce our last of the messages dealing with 
leading causes for living. We know the causes for death. We know them. We prevent them. We try to stay away from them. Some of us get very close to them, and then we back off. But we don't like, and sometimes we ignore leading causes for death. But how many of us have actually began to study? How many of us have actually began to think about? How many of us have actually intentionally moved into leading causes for living? How many of us have done that? Nobody here has done anything for leading causes for leaving? I mean, how many of you go to the doctor? Hello, that's something you do to maintain. Yeah, bring it to that level. And then from the, from the human level, what other things do we do to make ourselves healthier? Eat right, we exercise, right? I told you I'm now began a new diet, not a new diet, just a new way of eating. I don't believe in diets, of eating two days a week vegetarian. And you know what? After a month of it, pfft, I'm discovering all amazing kinds of quiches and all amazing kinds of salads. Haven't touched the tofu yet. But I'm liking it. And, and, and the belt in my pants, this is a men thing. Ah, we like that belt when it goes that way, <laughs> right? So we know leading causes for leaving, but spiritually speaking, if we also know leading causes for death spiritually, living a life just mirroring existing, and the first lesson that we learned was that we can have a life that is like God, a God-given life, that is not just merely existing in this realm of, of, of whatever we choose to live in or whatever we're, our lot is given. We have a divine part of God within us. God lives within us, and we know that this life, God-like life, which is a good reason for staying alive, it looks like Jesus's, and it is a life that's devoted to others, not for ourselves, or not for like I call for me, myself, and I. We also found out that the Word of God is another reason or another leading cause for living because God did not only put us in this planet and gave us a, 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 a life to live, but gives us a message, gives us a message of hope, a message of purpose, a message of faith, a message to bring together and not to destroy the living Word of God, which is powerful and is active, is a leading cause for living. And last week, I'm going to weave this seems one way or the other, Dr., um, the Reverend Dr. Stan, uh, Sterling Morse reminded us that we are part of a household, of a greater household of the beloved. So thus, God brought us together in Christ Jesus to live in family, to live in community, to live with one another without the biases, without the prejudices, without the walls that we want to build, without the hatred, the suspicion, animosity, but with love and encountering with unaccept, you know, an unconditional acceptance of one another, with openness of spirit and seeing Christ in every person instead of fear and what they can do against me. That's another leading cause for living. We belong to the household of God. And today, I want to explore those first few questions. Who gave meaning to the stars? Who gave meaning to the organization of the stars? Who gave meaning to the fact that when a child is born, in some cultures they wait a while until they give him a name, in other places they give him a name immediately? 
What's the meaning behind the name? Why do we name some children in one way and why do we name them in other ways? What's the meaning of those names? Well, I, 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 that was a, one of the dynamics that Dr. Morse worked with us and, and I shared about my name, Edwin. Edwin comes from an ancient Northern European tribe, barbarians. Yeah, I got one of them here. <laughs> barbarians. And, and it means, in Tertullian, it means friend of the rich one. Not the rich one, dear. <laughs> Just friend of the rich one. And I don't know what kind of friendship we have, yeah, but... <laughs> But, but I've taken that name, and, and I've made some meaning to it. Uh, actually, I'm the second. My father was Edwin. My junior is Edwin is the third. But Edwin, if I'm friend of the rich one, why not be the friend of the most rich and highest and sovereign one? So in there I find some meaning as I am called friend of the rich one friend of God. Isn't that nice? So I can find and we can make meaning. We can make meaning of things that are insignificant. We can develop meaning. Actually, uh, uh, meaning is something that, that we seek in life. Every human being is trying to find some way of creating meaning, some way of creating a reason for which we are alive, some way of finding out the purpose, the significance of what it is to mean something. But what is the word meaning? What is that all about? Meaning describes a definition, something that defines you, a sense, a significance, a sense of usefulness, a sense of essence and validity. By the way, this is the academic part of the sermon. I realized the other day that the sermons have three parts, an academic, a theological, and hopefully an application spiritual one. This is the academic part. I'm giving you a definition of what I find in meaning. Meaning is a sense of essence and validity. Meaning is also a sense of direction, order, and actions. Meaning is an intentional direction or movement to a point. Meaning is the point. Have you figured out your point? Have you figured out what you mean to people around you? Because meaning is important. People ascribe meaning to us whether we know it or not. When people see me dressed like this, they ascribe some meaning to it. Sometimes it's very positive, sometimes it's not so positive. I get the latter more than the former, more often. But meaning is part of what we try to find even when we don't have sense. How many of you look at the skies and you'll see that wonderful, well, not lately because we haven't even had a cloud, but, you know. <laughs> if we were to have clouds in our skies over Cobb County, how many of us find that little teddy bear up there? Have you had that experience? I find pirate ships up there. What do you find in the clouds? What are the things that you find? Tell me, what are the things you find in the clouds when you look up? Huh? What? Dragons? Okay, projections here. What else? What else do we see in the clouds? Puppies, okay, more projections. Huh? Bunnies, okay, good, good hearts. You know, dragons, I don't know about that, good heart. <laughs> huh? Yeah, hearts. How many of you see a, a Harley? 
come on, it can be. How many of you see God and the Virgin Mary and all that other stuff? Yeah, we've seen pictures, you know, people in airplanes take those images. Because what, really, what we're trying to do is even find meaning in chaotic experiences, in things that do not give us a sense of order. Key word, order. Who gave the meaning to the stars and to the seasons? Who ordered nature and gave it a meaningful cycle of movement? And who taught humanity to dance along with that cycle of nature and made it meaningful to the existence of life? Meaningful to the point where, where we, we, we come inside and we warm around the fire in the winter and we think and we plan and some write in some songs, write poetry and write other things. Some have babies. Yet when the spring comes, we want to go out and plant. Why do we want to plant? Just because we want to eat? Or is there significance and meaning behind all of that? Well, I, I have a few of things that are favorite to me. And if you look at the screen, that's the rain. That is a slide called a GIF that has movement. That's the rain. My earliest, earliest memory is a rain shower. And I described to my mother where I was and, and the whole scene of the rain shower. And she says, how do you remember that? You must have been 18 months old. Because we left that place when you were two. I remember it. And I have here a box of things that are, that are meaningful to me or about me. Don't go making up stuff about me. I have enough of that going on. But, but, for example, ah, this is a very tiny item. You may not be able to see it from, from where, where you're at, but I invite you to come over. This is a Mickey Mouse. This is a Mickey Mouse and, and a little Viking ship. Now, this is the first item, one of the first items that I bought as a tourist. I must have been 12 years old, and yes, I was in Disney world, and, and I bought, I saw a lot of Mickeys, but why did I choose the one that's the Viking? Why did I choose the Viking Mickey? Well, I, I liked Vikings when I was a kid. I enjoyed the stories of the Vikings. Actually, uh, the Vikings along with the Spaniard conquerors and, and explorers were something that uh, resonates with my soul. So I consider myself an explorer. So this is meaningful to me because it describes me as an explorer. Sorry, you guys are along this one in this church exploration. Something that I also admire, and I may have too many items here, is, is this one. It's not the fall, for fall's sake, but, but change. Oh, boy. If you like exploration, you better get used to change. And I do like, I think change is very, very healthy. The belt tells me so. Yeah. I think change is very healthy, and, and I thrive in change. I'm not scared of it. Uh, that's what I think the PNC figured out. I wasn't scared of it. But something that's given me perhaps the most meaningful 
experience of, of all is this little booklet. Let me start here because this is a little tattered, ragged, old Spanish New Testament. This is the, actually the, the 1569 version of the Spanish Bible. Uh, we had our translation before. You had that thing called King James? Guys, we're behind. <laughs> this is Spanish New Testament. That It's like that because it went through Hurricane Andrew. It survived Hurricane Andrew. It used to have a page inside that was written and dedicated to me when I was eight years old by an old Methodist bishop called Juan Orlandi. Uh, my other last name, Gertz Orlandi, Orlandi twice. And, and they tell me that he laid hands on me the day that he retired at 78 from the pulpit. I'll do a lot sooner, I promise. <laughs> and he dedicated this New Testament, and he laid hands on me, and he dedicated me to the ministry. I don't have the memory of the prayer. I do have the memory of him getting the book close to his eye because he was blind. And he was writing the dedication. That memory I have. And I've been able to keep because it means, oops, there goes a piece. It means a lot to me. It means the fact that God called me to be God's child, not called me to be a minister. That was later on, goodness sake. I didn't know that. So God and God's word is very meaningful to me, gives me meaning. And in relation to that, I have my three wise men. Now, these wise men are very meaningful to me because this is basically what joins my heritage with my faith. The three wise men are very popular in Puerto Rico. By the way, we didn't have Santa Claus until some people came and told us about Santa Claus. They came with a lot of money, too. And Christmas trees that don't grow where we live. But we get them off boats that come with refrigeration from the Carolinas. But the three wise men, when I first landed in the mainland, I saw the first highway billboard those humongous things? Never seen one. We don't like them in the island. They take away from the prettiness. I saw the first huge billboard, and it said, wise men still seek him. And I didn't understand what it meant. But the little phrase stuck to me, wise men still seek him. Wise people should seek him. So this describes my thirst, my hunger for God and wisdom and to try to do things the best we can. Then lately, and one last item, I have more here. There's a light and there's, oh, this is one that should not be. Wake up. Where's Gaston? Oh, he's awake. I, I, no, this means something else. This means that, that I, never mind. Yeah. But then lately, I had the opportunity to go with seven or ten of us, church, to go to a, a place where we did some arts and craft. And boy, oh, you were with us. Paulette was with us. And, and I really gave it a lot of thought the week before what I was going to do. And this is what came out of it. Uh, a lot of thought to it. 
but basically, it, it's a real four square, you know, uh, rectangular vase, and I put a candle in it, but it's crooked, like I am. <laughs> it, it, it's cut up and, and hurting, like I am. It's got glass, but it's sea glass that has been softened by the long sanding and rocking of the ocean as I've gone through life, and the edge, dangerous edges have become soft. And there's some splatter of gold, only by grace, right? We know where that comes from, as we read. How do you make things meaningful in your life? Uh, this is meaningful because my sister brought it to me from Jerusalem. And this other one is meaningful because Loida brought it to me from the Vatican. A real one. <laughs> How do you make things meaningful? Where do you find the meaningfulness in life? Our text tells us that it is in God. It is we find our meaning. We find our purpose because God has called us out of darkness into his light. God has transferred us. God has made us witness so that we can be witness of his mercy and grace so that we may be saved, not just to be away from fire, from, from fire um, insurance, but God's intentional, purposeful has made the point to make your life meaningful and significant for others. That is why in another, uh, that verse finishes with this amazing words, for we are God's masterpiece. For God has called us and made us his masterpiece in Christ Jesus so that we can be significant to others. That's the theological part. How can we create meaning? We create and make meaning when we are intentional and purposeful to the point. We create meaning when parents, when as parents, when we're intentional about raising kids in a particular philosophy, in a particular best practices lifestyle where they honor God and respect one another. Not only on weekends and when we escape to the vacations. We are intentionally making meaning when we share with our finances in our family of faith and when we put those finances together to help and intentionally help others come closer to Jesus Christ. We find meaning and we make meaning when we leave a legacy. We are able to make meaning when we are intentionally moved to this point. What's the point? The point is that Jesus is God and that God is no longer angry with us and that God calls us worthy. And God calls us sons and daughters. And God opens God's own arm. Our meaning is not given by what we make or who we are. Our worthiness, our significance, the point of our life is really given by God. And listen to what Paul says in one of his preachings in the book of Acts. He says, for in him... We live and move and have our being. You get that point? For in Him we live and move and have our being. Outside of, of God, it is impossible to create meaningful things that will last. Oh, they will fade away like us also. 
But meaningfulness out there is more for me, myself, and I, and not for others. We have amazing causes for living, my dear sisters and brothers. And the main text for this month was, oh, that you may choose life in order that you may live you and your descendants. We've shared with you reasons for living, reasons to seek life and not continue in the path of death that this life only gives us. We can live a life of God's inspiring message. We can live a life that looks like Jesus. We can live a life in community in the household of the beloved. And we can live a life with meaning and significance and with a point for ourselves and for others. Amen. Let's stand together and repeat the creed of the beloved that we have in front of us and maybe in your worship guides. Creating meaning is intentional. And like this says, I am not what other people say. I am what God says I am. Let's say it together. I am not what I do. I am not what I have. I am not what people say about me. I am the beloved of God. It's who I am. No one can take it from me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to hurry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with the world. Amen.